Welcome seminar. to the commentary for Seminar 30. I am the director, Marcus Beatty, and joining me today is a man who has mastered 463 and a half voices, Terry Whittle. Please take your seats Hello, this is one of them. <laughs> and Seminar 30 brings about an interesting uh, show from Perry Forrest. As we get now, I gotta say this right: Wanda's wonderful world of wizards. No, Wanda's wonderful wizard world. I know he's gonna say it wrong. <laughs> I'm sure that I had when I wrote that some brilliant idea why I made the title of the show, the title of the audio play, different from the title of Wanda's TV show. But at the moment, it sounds like a really dumb idea. I, I must have had something brilliant in mind when I did that, but right now it just seems dumb. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to stay that way for a while. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, man. But the, the title of the audio play is Wanda's Wonderful Wizard World. Uh, but the show inside of it is a different title, which is the interesting portion of it. And but uh, you brought us a very interesting script with wizards uh, that wasn't, you know, anything fan-based. Um, and it was this, it's a uniquely original piece, so I'm going to ask you where the idea came from. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, um, that's an interesting question. Uh, speaking of things being interesting, when I was almost done with the first draft of this story, I started wondering where it came from. And uh, I thought about that for a while. I tend to write about two audio plays for each one that gets produced in seminar. The other ones get rejected or abandoned. And so back in December or January, I was trying to write a play. And at some point while I was doing that, this idea came along. It seemed to be more important and more urgent. And so I finished this play. And the other one is still unfinished, and I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to it. And um, what, can I, what can I say about where the idea came from? I'm not even sure. Um, David Mamet sometimes said when people ask him where you get your ideas, he'd say, I think them up. Um, the woman who wrote the stage play, Harvey, uh, was asked where she got the idea for that. She said, one day I was eating breakfast and I looked up and there he was sitting there at the breakfast table. Harvey, of course, being the invisible rabbit. But, um, they, this was a, a big um, success on Broadway and then was turned into a And uh, I'm not really sure where this came from, but I think there are a lot of influences and one of the main ones is the comedy duo Bob and Ray. And uh, I love their dry sense of humor and one of the situations that they always mind for many, many sketches was a radio interview that goes horribly wrong in some way. And I changed that to TV here, but I think it's the same basic idea. And um, Bob and Ray also did beautiful fake ads, like uh, one for Monongahela Metal Foundry, the foundry that casts its ingots with the housewife in mind. <laughs> I was looking at... Um, the um, work that I'd done on this uh, audio play, early the first complete draft called Norvis the Nefarious Negator, and he simply contradicted everything that anybody else said, and that seemed to me like a, um, the start of a real Bob and Ray sketch. Thank you, Norvis. I'm sure and it really is a fairly interesting script, especially like you said, you threw in commercials, and there's a little bit of everything in here. 
And the the opening music, that theme music that you heard, that actually is listed list, listed in my library as game show music. But yes. after seven hours of Jerry Springer, I figured it would fit. <laughs> love it. And I love the cast that you put together for this. Amanda Fitzwater as Wanda. Alan Menefee as Melvin. Abner Sinaris as Norvis. And Gene Rose as Robin the announcer. Every single one of them is doing a fantastic job. Love it. And uh, Gene Rose as the announcer just has all those cadences and the, and the tone of voice just down perfect. I think it's great. And Amanda Fitzwater is just... I, well, I, I love the bits where she's struggling with two bad interview subjects and is, and is keeping her upbeat personality forcibly. And, um, I just love it. I've been wanting to work with Amanda for a while, and this was the second time I got an audition from her, so it was like a perfect timing for her. Because I've been wanting to have Amanda Fitzwater in a show, because I just love her voice, and she got like this up this very upbeat voice for it and it was like oh this is perfect elixirs crazy i mean it's, it's fantastic look for the sophisticated that was the idea it was like this really it was this kick to your head type thing you know it's you don't see it coming but it's like daytime talk show this is pretty much what it is and so it worked out well yeah. Now you mentioned the the commercials, and I have to give kudos to Marley Norton, um, who edited the script. And this is the first time that I'd worked with Marley, and I was really impressed with the notes that she gave me. Very thoughtful, very helpful. Um, she helped me understand what was strong and what was really weak in the first draft that I submitted. And um, the first draft I submitted didn't have any commercials, and an earlier draft had had a big commercial break in the middle, but I found that too disruptive, so I took it out. And one of Marley's notes encouraged me to give the audience more glimpses into the peculiar world I was writing about, and she suggested that commercials might be a way to do that. And uh, I didn't want to slow down the, the story for an entire, like, 30-second or one-minute commercial. So, but I, I had this, um, this cadence of these things that I heard in during baseball broadcasts when I was a kid, where they would say the name of the company and then a slogan or two and then the name again, you know, or something like that. And so that's what I was thinking of when I wrote the script. And then you, Marcus, you added the music in, which is not in the script. You added the music in behind them which really sets them off and, and gives them a completely different flavor from the type of thing that I had been envisioning. And now they sound completely original and unlike anything that I know of anywhere else. So I, I just think it's really great. That was my horrible looping job there because uh, I literally just took like a 30-second loop section that I could just just get to sound well enough. But you you hear it restart in some of the commercials. Some of these commercials you wrote are huge. And I was really impressed with how how Rose handled it. Um, I, I auditioned for the announcer role because I wanted to see what it was like to read those things. To read some of those words. And the audition when I sent out, I had to edit because I had to pull out the name of the show in it because I didn't want to give away the name of the show. Right, right exactly. So it was, it was kind of awkward sending out an audition line. So I'm like, I have to actually edit an audition line to keep it clear. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, then, I always, I always do that uh, for the Kingery. I'm, I'm a little bit paranoid about spoilers, and so I'm always 
um, monkeying around with the audition. That's because we have spoiler ninjas that chase us around on a regular basis. That's right. Uh, the mines are... <laughs> Sorry. The mines are never safe. And I just talked all the way through Abner Sinari's wonderful... Um, uh, laughing himself uh, halfway to death. I thought that was great. Just great. And the weird part is the show almost had Abner Cineres as Melvin and James Rossi as Norvis. Oh, interesting. Because I haven't had a chance to work with James Rossi since he was in 19. And I didn't actually cast him in that. I just put the show together. Isn't that dangerous? And I've been eager to have him back. And then I had Abner and James up together and I was halfway tempted to bring them in together but I said I that would just like way overpower the show because <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. there's a I talent in in, in Pendant and, yeah, and those two along, along with some of this cast is just a talent when it comes right down to it they're the A-list of Pendant basically and I felt it would just kill it. Plus, I love putting Abner in the role of of the the the, the smart the smart Alec guy. You know, yep. putting him in Norvis makes it perfect for him. Uh, he's he's like early Jack Nicholson. <laughs> he always played evil roles. You know, constantly. Yeah. Our next commercial break. We got lots of sponsors in this show. Join the new yeah, age and then science secure <laughs> your property, doing good. intellectual and otherwise. And by Perceptive Prognostications, soothsayers to royalty <sighs> for the foreseeable future. When you need to see further, get perceptive. I gotta say, I still like that. <laughs> uh, I was sitting there going, um, yes, okay, do, so you've Anna, got this company that looks into the future. What would be, you know, what would sound really cool? What would, what would sound really impressive, right? Could they say, um, and I was thinking about English companies who say, you know, by appointment to Her Majesty since 1632 or something. So let's, you know, let's give them a really, make sure, make sure that we know that they've been around for a really long time. No, wait a minute. They look into the future. Let's have them say, you know, we're, uh, soothsayers to royalty. You know, far, far, far into the future. Oh, wait, no, the foreseeable future. That's it. <laughs> and it really is written like that type of ad copy. You should be writing ad copy. That's what you need to be writing right there. I Yes, if I could um, do it with a straight face, maybe. <laughs> and I, I love this bit here because Melvin is just a terrible interview, and Wanda is... Uh, struggling so hard to make so it exciting. It and then she's got this ghoulishly cheerful, so it died. Love that performance. Tremendous explosion. Not really. Oh, she's working so hard to make him sound interesting. Yes, she is. But I love how, I love how, how she does that. Amanda, Amanda just does this, this wonderful little, little drag on lines, you know? Incredible. Oh, unbelievable. When I beat now, when Norvis gets really excited and starts taking over the show, he, uh, I was trying to figure out what can, what can he brag about? What kind of magical stuff can he brag about? And I thought of this, um, this song that was originally by The Temptations and was later covered by Al Green and other folks um, called I Can't Get Next to You. And it was written by Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong. And that's where I remembered the lines, uh, I can make a castle from a single grain of sand. 
remedial so. show. Ah, see, now that's kind of cool. I can, I can make, uh, I can turn a river into a raging fire, and I don't know what else you can do. <laughs> but the idea in the song is, you know, but with all these powers that I have, I can't get next to you. So, I'm sad. But anyway. The notorious Norvis? I can Here make a castle from a single grain of yes. sand. I can turn a river into a raging fire. <laughs> Put away the wounds, Norvis. You know this one I really love, Abner. Shut he up, does this you. whole sequence so well. And now it's flying out of control. Oh, it'll hurt oh a lot more if you don't interview <laughs> and, me. And this is where it explodes because this is where I do, I realize that wow, there's a lot of effects in this show. Look at me, because it was going way too easy to this point. Yes. Yes. Well, how was this? Uh, you know, I've I got this big um, fight scene, this magical fight scene, and then the Norvis going vague and indistinct and. What was that like? What was that like mixing, Marcus? That was entertaining. Because especially, I had to put in these uh, the crowd sounds, and I mean, like with um, with Norvis's thing where he says, look at me, everyone. You, in the script, you had uh, a special effects, magic spell, a little boom. And in and there, I put a lightning bolt sound, so that way it's like he's, a, he's, tre- he's just really just grabbing the whole room. And he just has a lot of fun with this. Here's a journeyman level casting. Not and this would be playing with just a lot of effects because I found I found stuff I didn't even know I had in my library when I started doing this. Because <laughs> yeah, but it was a, it was a challenge to decide how to make him become indistinct and vague, and you you had to make him like sound like he was fading. So I I delved a lot into. Uh, my flanger and delved a lot into my um, echoes and stuff like that to go ahead and and drag his voice a bit more, right? And give that echo, give that hollow sound like he's dissipating, you know. And I just hope it comes out right because <laughs> I thought it was good. I I hope so. Well, I got yeah. the point, but then I wrote it, so I would yeah. You you cheated. Yeah, I did. Are you okay? I'll be good as new when my eyebrows grow back. Getting fixed up. Now let's pay some bills. I love how she does that. Let's pay some bills. Robin, what's good? Yes, while our ratings are through the roof. I I love through the roof, and I love Robin. What's good? Which is delivered just exactly as callously and enthusiastically as I could ever have hoped for. Behemoth Brothers bombs. And I and I love Jean Rose's laughter about and her her work about Brandywine beverages and her little laughter afterwards. I think it's great. That's what sold me because I actually had that one in the audition. That's what sold me on her voice was how she handled that. Because uh, yeah. that Brandywine Beverages line I had to have in the audition because it, it's a perfect little point to actually for me to get how someone's going to take that line. And she took it just the right way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Jean Rose was also in um, an episode of The Kingery, which oh, yeah, uh, right. comes out, I think, about a month before this episode is released. And Ooh, Abner Samaris, uh, the same so, thing. He has a role in the Kingery. No, his his uh, episode comes out a month before this seminar is released, and uh, Gene Rose is in the one I think 
two months before. Ooh, well, that's cool. Very, so, very marvelous performances in the Kingery as well. You will have already heard them then. Not yes. So go listen to Kingery right now, because that's a good show. Seminar holds its own, but that's a good show. <laughs> it's true. We, we do. And that's how we end out that one with that ending music. And I love the little theme tag that you put on the end there. really helped uh, clarify the ending and... Bring it up. Great job, Marcus and cast and everybody who contributed. Welcome to the second part of Seminar 30 Commentary. Joining me right now from the future, ladies and gentlemen, the fantastic Susan Fairhurst. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you are in the future. Build up. <laughs> you are in the future. Yeah, God. Yeah, she's in the future to me, so... Uh, but. We are going to be talking about the, her Scrappin' with Amber and Tammy script, which is the show we're listening to right now. Yeah, I was really thrilled with it, honestly, I was. I just, I didn't think it would come out this well, because it actually started off as a Batman parody, and had to be redone. A Batman parody? A Batman parody. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah, this would have been the Joker. Ah, so you can you see if you can guess who each of the supervillains was based on. <laughs> well, now the worst part was that I actually changed one of the supervillains because it was supposed to be a guy. I realized after I, I cast it, and it was such a funny surprise as well because I was expecting a seven foot sweep, and then all of a sudden this mad little voice comes out of nowhere. I was like, well, okay, we'll just leave it in anyway, and that's what yeah. happened. <laughs> it was, I think it was funnier. I really do. Uh, I think it worked out just neater, you know. It was like, I was like, oh well, it was supposed to be a guy. That was bad. <laughs> so this idea came to you from a Batman parody, basically. And where did the the, the idea of this? Well, if you, if you remember a few episodes ago in Ace of Detectives, Bruce Wayne bought Arkham Asylum. And I'd had a conversation with my sister about art therapy. I was just thinking, well, imagine if you were the art therapist at the newly rebuilt Arkham Asylum. How hard would your job be to try and get these supervillains to do things, just paint or sculpt or whatever? And because I'm keen on crafting, I thought, oh, you know, I mean, paper craft. And then I thought, well, maybe the art therapist would sort of um, get them to try and interact with the community. And this, you know, they can't go out, so this seemed the best way. It really is kind of neat, especially as you take on the whole podcasting type era. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Amber, Amber and Tammy are really right, because... They're like, when you hear these people, they're very, very sincere, and they're that sincere, you really just want to punch them in the face. <laughs> so you've got that sort of perky, sincere, just right. Really yeah, well, Ara Pelodi does Amber, and she sent me like nine or ten takes, and yeah. I picked the one I like and said so this one. And it yeah. was the really up, up, you know, energetic, yeah. really into it one. And it was yeah. like, because I decided just to, I had to cheese ball it out a bit. In order yeah. to make it more realistic, <laughs> which yeah. was, I had to go for the cheese to make it sound somewhat realistic, which was the odd part of this one. Yeah. But this one actually has like a killer, even a killer cast because I mean we got the Mark Zarekor, oh yeah, Chrissy Plock and Nicholas Rowley in this one. Oh uh, yeah, I was, I, honestly I can't 
praise everybody, you know. I mean, Christy Plotkin, it really did make me laugh. <laughs> Expecting this Swede, and suddenly she comes up. And Nicholas Rowley gets the board. Oh, here I am. I'm going to have to try and escape again. What am I doing back in here? Just right. Yeah, it was it was really an interesting cast that we got for this one, but... And I really, I, I brought down the quality of a, a little bit, a lot, everything a little bit to make it get that podcasting type That's feel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you, you know, this is like this little show they make like on Skype and on like how we do commentaries, you know. Yeah. My commentaries sound like garbage for a reason. Here we go. It's just the little noise she makes at the end. Oh, she went nuts with this one. She had oh, some nice yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it now. Oh yeah, she I mean, is it, insane. Yeah, it is unfair to sort of single people out because everybody did a really good job. Oh no, but you always get those ones that you know stand out a little bit because, like you're saying, you're also expecting a totally different type yeah, of character. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you know what you wrote it for, and then it's like, you know, it goes a totally different direction. And well, I also gave them, you know, when when I cast the, the the villains here, I just gave them, you know, impressions of what I thought the character was like. You know, said so creepy characters, you know, maniacal character. So it's like, that's what they had to really go on. <laughs> and they all did a great job just going on that. And then we have Anna Rodriguez as Tammy in this one. Um, who I think this is her first This is her first time in seminar, I know that. I think this is her first vo- vocal role with Pendant, too. But uh, she, does, she did really good in this. I was impressed with her, too. I mean, my whole cast did, but I always suck up to my cast. <laughs> and the writer, because the writer is very important to me. I take well, the trouble. The look or two. They may, oh, yes, I know. It completely had a just, It's just that boredom and contempt Here that I really enjoyed. The, the idea that, you know, he's it, just so bored of being there again, knowing that he's going to escape again and again and again. <laughs> oh, I love the build-up in this call. It's like he's calling them to tell him why he sent him because yeah. he's going to escape. I'm thinking, he did, they didn't monitor this call? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean, I could... Maybe one day I'll go back and write an episode set in Eagle City, but I'm a bit concerned it would end up too much like The Tick, because I love The Tick. <laughs> now, that's a great show. That's a great, that, that's a yeah. great show right there. Yes, I love The Tick. The Tick is excellent, and I, it's like, oh, but he's already, that's already been done so well. Okay. Yeah, well, they, they, <laughs> took, they took the whole comic hero aspect of it yeah. and really dragged it out. Spoon! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. The uh, evil midnight bomber, what bombs at midnight. Yeah. Just that in a monologue that he's got going on. Oh, it's just brilliant. They have the water running in the background and she's cleaning it off. See, they couldn't. They, they were never allowed to be completely safe. If you're going to bring them in, you had to sort of find some way of getting the super villain to affect them where they were, and that took a while to decide how to do that. 
scissors, and oh, such a long list of other things. Uh, it was just—it was a fun little piece to put together. I was so impressed with the villains and stuff like that. I would love to see like more stories in this world of yours. You've now created like your own little world here. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to see more stuff in it because I love working with hero stuff anyway. The thing is, not, it was just, an, just to make people laugh. There was no real depth to it whatsoever. <laughs> and I love this advert as well. Yeah, this is Jovian Lab as Eagle Man. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Eagle Man. Saviour of Eagle City. Well, I did it. I, I even dwindled him down a little bit more. And I made it yeah. like he like phoned it in. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this would have been this would have been uh, Bruce Wayne. It would have been it would have been a, a subsidiary of the Wayne Corporation. Ah, okay. He knew it would have been like a sneaky way of keeping tabs on him. And had it been a, a Batman. Parody. Had it been a Batman parody. Yeah, that's yeah, what it started as, and yeah. it's really a good show. I had a lot of fun putting it together. Thank you very much. And I really enjoyed cast. listening to it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. I hope other people will too. Listen to yeah, it many times. <laughs> because if you don't, the villains will hunt us down and we have to get that crafting ad paid for somehow. So listen to it a lot. <laughs> Go buy your crafts. Uh, well, I'll be busy card making tonight. <laughs> and you wind up on the breakdown of the classroom here as we have everything literally breaking in the show breaking down, yeah. I really enjoy seminar because you never know what you're going to get and, and that's the best thing about seminar I never know what I'm going to get either that's the fun no. part for me <laughs> I'll have to have something installed for you then. uh oh uh oh now uh -oh. I'm scared uh -oh. well, Susan's I've got coming an idea. after me Susan's coming after me now I gotta watch yeah. out well I've got an idea for a night shift one <laughs> because I do work the night shift so, <laughs> you can guess. I'll, I'll let you. I'll leave you with that. Well, I thank you for that. I appreciate you taking the time to go ahead and sit down with me and, and record this, so we can go ahead and um, get your thoughts on the show as well. Well, thank you for asking. I've never done this before. And that's what it's all about. It's all about the, the ten minutes of entertainment you get out of this, and then you get to go listen to yourself talk and go, "I sounded like that." Oh, that's what I say. Sorry. Oh, no. God, I sounded that bad. I, I asked that stupid question. That's me. Uh, that's what I do. So, we're we're going to let Susan say goodnight to everybody on this show. So say goodnight, Susan. Goodnight, everybody, and I hope you enjoy it. There you go. Enjoy, everybody. This production is copyright 2009. Pendant Productions. Seminar co-created by Catherine Pride and Jeffrey Bridges. Copyright 2009. Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.